Welcome to the Waukesha Bible Church Podcast. We believe the Bible tells a single story, and at the center of that story is Jesus. If you like what you hear today, additional sermons, teaching sessions, and written material can be found on our website at waukeshawbible.org. We hope you enjoy today's episode. morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from Philippians uh, chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Glory of God the Father. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. So much for joining us on this Christmas Eve morning service. As Pastor Giles mentioned, we will be gathering at 4 p.m. for the Christmas Eve service proper, but we do thank you for joining us this morning as we consider this whole idea of incarnation and what that means for us as believers. But as parents, we always want our children to choose that which is best or better. We want what is best, we want what is better. But often they settle for what is least or lesser. We want the best and better, but we often see them settle for what is the least or lesser. And this is often seen and accentuated during this season of Advent. Christmas is very much like an ordinance insofar that it is a memorial of an event. In Christmas, we are remembering when the second member of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, added human nature to his person through the means of an exceptional birth in order to give his life a ransom for many. And again, I'm wanting for us to have that sink in as to what we're dealing with. We know that it's Christmas. We know that it's a time of bright lights. When we drive through neighborhoods during the evening hours, we see houses lit up and that is very, very attractive. There is much gift giving. There is delicious food and there is this emotional high that comes from all of these elements that we attach to the Christmas season. But we as believers are remembering an event that took place in time. That event is when the second member of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, came through an exceptional birth, added to himself human nature, in order that he might give his life a ransom for many. That's really what we are remembering during this season. We don't identify December 25th as the actual day in which Jesus Christ was born, but we use that day to remind us of this event in history. But the emotional high that we often attach to the season is the least or lesser compared to the best or better that is Jesus Christ. 
And that's really our focus this morning, to consider what actually happened during this period of time. Before beginning and going any further, let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, as we remember the event of the Incarnation, we are humbled by the magnitude of its importance and the magnificent display of your grace to us when Jesus took on human nature. This morning, may we let go of the least and lesser and fully embrace the best and better. Guide us in our thinking. Strip us of our pride. As the psalmist wrote, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. When we speak of the incarnation or the birth of Christ, the word itself is a Latin word which simply means to make flesh. In Christian thought, the incarnation refers to the belief that the eternal second member of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, took on human flesh or nature in the person of Jesus. Jesus is not some kind of Greek demigod. Jesus did not become God at some point in time. He was, is, and forever shall be God. At Christmas, we remember Jesus adding to his person a human nature and doing it in a spectacular fashion. And again, I don't think many people who celebrate or mark Christmas think of the depth it means for us as believers. And that is some significant theology. But when we talk about the incarnation or Christmas, there are three things we would look at. The when... Well, we are marking it as December 25th. We don't believe it actually happened on December 25th, but we simply use that in our calendar to identify the event. The when he did this was at the incarnation, was at the birth with Mary, and he was made flesh. The what is called the kenosis. That's found in Philippians chapter 2. But we will speak to the why this morning, and we won't unpack all that this entails, but I think it's important as to why Jesus Christ took on himself this human nature? And that's the question we will wrestle with, or at least seek to answer. And the answer is multifaceted. And for time's sake, though, we'll only note a handful of those reasons as to why Jesus Christ took on human nature. But the first reason as to why Jesus Christ took on human nature was to fulfill all Old Testament pictures, patterns, prophecies, and promises. So when we read the Old Testament, we read it through a shadow form. It's blurred to us. But in the New Testament, we see what the Old Testament was pointing to. It was preparing us for. It was preparing us for Jesus. We see this in passages like John chapter 5. Jesus says to the religious leaders, you search the scriptures, the Hebrew scripture, because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. So we know that the Hebrew scripture is preparing us for and pointing us to Jesus. It is when we get to the New Testament that we see all of its fulfillment. The same is true with reference to Luke 24. On the road to Emmaus, Jesus says to the two disciples, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Hebrew scripture. It prepared us for and pointed us to Jesus. Why did Jesus Christ become incarnate? Why did he take on human flesh? He did so in fulfillment of the Old Testament text. And we know from passages like 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says that all the promises of God find their yes in him. So when you and I read our Hebrew scripture, our Old Testament, we're reading a shadow. 
that shadow is incomplete until it points us to Christ. Christ fulfills the shadow. He is the substance. So when you and I come together this day and remember this season, this event, we are remembering that Jesus Christ fulfilled everything the Old Testament spoke of. The second thing we see concerning the incarnation as to why it is important is that by taking on human nature, Jesus Christ would provide an eternal revelation of the Godhead. No one saw God and lived. That was a refrain in the Old Testament. It, it teaches that idea. Yet in Christ, we read something different. It says in John twelve forty five, And whoever sees me, Jesus speaking of himself, sees him who sent me. In John chapter 14, verse 7, it says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. To see Jesus is to see God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. So when we come together and we mark this event in history, we are celebrating the incarnation when the second member of the Godhead, through a spectacular fashion, takes upon himself human nature. So thus we have one person, two natures. Why did he do that? Well, first it was to fulfill all Old Testament promises, patterns, pictures, and prophecies. The second reason as to why Jesus Christ took on human nature was for, to, for us to see God, to reveal God. Jesus Christ is the perfect embodiment. He is God in human flesh. That's why we come together on this day. And, and it's important that we remember this. Because as soon as we leave, we enter into this festive season and we forget. But we must remember as to why we celebrate this time, this moment. A third reason given as to why Jesus Christ took on human nature was to become like his brethren. This is what Jesus Christ did when he became man. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, and we've noted this several times in our study of Hebrews. It says, by taking on human nature, Jesus would become like his brethren. And it says in verse 17 of Hebrews 2, therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself had suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus Christ became like us in order that he might function as a merciful and faithful high priest who would bring a propitiatory sacrifice. We'll note this in just a moment. And you might be looking at the picture thinking, well, Jesus didn't look like that. He had long hair and a beard and he wore a robe. Well, if Jesus Christ was born in our century, in our culture, he would look just like us. We would not be able to pick him out from the crowd. I mean, we might because he would be kind and gracious and loving. However, Jesus Christ took on human nature so that he would become like his brethren. He would represent them. We speak of Jesus Christ being fully God and fully man. He had to do that in order to complete what was placed on him. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. 
So when you and I prepare ourselves for this season, for this day, which the church calls Advent, as we prepare for this, we are often fixated on decorations. We are often fixated on meal preparation. We are often fixated on gift giving. We're all guilty of this. But what this day is actually about is Jesus Christ, the second member of the Godhead, taking on human nature. He did that in order to fulfill prophecy. He did that in order to reveal the Father. He did that to become like us. And that really brings us to the fourth point, which is primary and dominant. But he did this in order to deal with the sin of mankind. This day is a gospel day. This day is a day of redemption. And we'll see that in several passages. There is, here, there is more here than we can possibly share, but the following, the following six ideas, I call them appetizers. And one of the problems with an appetizer is that you eat too many and you can't eat the meal. We had opportunity to go to a Texas Roadhouse and they always give you these delicious buns with cinnamon butter. And we couldn't help ourselves because it's Texas Roadhouse that we bought a blooming onion. And then we got our meal. But this is an appetizer this morning. It's really just an appetizer. We'll highlight six ideas as to why Jesus Christ took on human nature in order to deal with the sin of mankind. But it's really an appetizer. There is this great banquet table of God when it relates, as it relates to the gospel. We touched on it with the unsearchable riches of Christ. But the magnitude of it is something that we could ponder on every day of our lives and never fully comprehend the import or weight that it has. But when we mark Christmas, we are really marking the moment when Jesus took on human nature in order to deal with the sin issue. Thus, it is a time of great celebration. It is a time when we bow ourselves before him and say thank you, because he has given the gift which is truly unspeakable and full of glory. The first thing I'd like to note, though, concerning the six, is that Jesus would become the sin bearer in behalf of humanity. Jesus Christ, as fulfillment, would become the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, the Bible says, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins. He died for our sins. According, in accordance with the scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. See, in the incarnation, Jesus Christ would bear the sin of humanity. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4, Who gave himself for our sins. He gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. This is what Jesus Christ did. This is why he came. 1 Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Isn't it amazing when you think of why Jesus Christ took on human nature? He took on human nature in order that he might bear our sin. All of our sin was placed on him. He answered for us. He answered in our behalf. A second reason as to why Jesus Christ took on human nature was in order to pay sin's debt. 
That is our word, redeem or ransom. In Matthew 20, 28, it says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom, as a ransom for many. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6, who gave himself as a ransom for all. And then Titus chapter 2, verse 14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. So when you and I gather at Christmas in all the preparation that we have done, the real reason for the season is that Jesus Christ took on human nature in order that he would become for us our sin bearer, in order that he would pay sin's debt, a debt that we could not pay but that we owed. A third reason would, is because he would reconcile us to the Father. He took on human nature in order that he might reconcile us to the Father. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 says, For if while we were enemies, we were enemies, the natural man apart from Christ is an enemy of God. During this season, we celebrate Christmas. For those who are attuned to the church calendar, it's a season of Advent. It's a time of preparation for the coming of our Christ. But what we fail to often recognize is that the natural man is at enmity with God. They're the enemy of God. That's why we often say you can't. The enmity that exists between God and man is answered in the person of Christ. It is why he is the God of man. It is why he took on human nature. He reconciled us to the Father, Ephesians 2.16, that he might reconcile us both, both Jew and Gentile, male and female, bond and free to the Father. A fourth reason, a reason that I absolutely love, is that Jesus would satisfy, he would satisfy the justice of God and stop the wrath of God. That's the great word propitiate or propitiation. To think that we have violated God's justice, we have violated all that God is in his holiness, and God's wrath because of that has now been extended toward us, and in the death of Christ, in the offering of Christ himself, he satisfies that justice, he satisfies that sentence, he answers the sentence, and thereby stopping God's wrath toward us. Thus, as the people of God, we are no longer under the wrath of God. See, that's why he came. That's why he came. And again, I think the lights are amazing. The food is delicious. The time together with family is awesome. But the reason why we mark this day is because in the taking on of human nature, Jesus Christ died the death in our behalf so that the sentence of God against us would be satisfied and the wrath of God against us would be stopped. That is what fills our hearts with gratitude. That is why we celebrate this day. A fifth reason why Christ took on human nature was to cleanse us from sin's defilement. In our natural state, we say we can't, but what does that mean? We are a defiled people. We are an unclean people. We cannot approach God. We are removed from God. But in Christ taking on human nature as God, he died a death in our behalf, whereby we have been redeemed, the debt of sin has been paid, the enmity between us and God has been answered, the justice of God has been satisfied, the wrath of God has been stopped, 
And now we are cleansed from sin's defilement. We are clean in Christ. That once and for all death has cleansed us from sin's defilement. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 brings this out when it says, He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power after making purification for sins. As a consequence of all His work, because of all He has done in our behalf, because He has propitiated the justice of God and stopped the wrath of God and redeemed us from the debt of sin because he has reconciled us to the Father and removed the barrier of enmity between us because of all that, because he has cleansed us from sin's defilement, we now have eternal life. We have eternal life. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior from sin and death, This is what you enjoy in Him. That's why we come together as the people of God on this day and we celebrate. We celebrate all that God has done for us. Many of us know Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 John 5, 11 through 13 clearly states this idea when it says, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. It's a gift. And this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's an either or. Either or. If you have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you do not have life. John continues in verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So this morning, like every Sunday morning, we come together as the people of God and celebrate the gospel. Today is somewhat special because we are marking Christmas. When we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the fact that the second member of the Godhead, through the Virgin Mary, took on human nature. He fulfilled prophecy. He reveals the Father... We know that. This is what he has done for us. He has become like us in order that he might become the sin bearer. We know that in the coming of Christ and the life he lived and the death he died, he paid sin's death. He removed the enmity that existed between God and man. He reconciled us to the Father. He satisfied the justice of God and stopped the wrath of God. He cleansed us from sin's defilement and he gave us eternal life. That sounds like a great gift. And that's exactly what it is. What is amazing to me is that people reject that. Now we base that on the New Testament, but they reject that. They say, well, I don't believe the New Testament. I don't believe that Jesus Christ is all that the New Testament claims him to be. I don't believe that I'm a sinner. I don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only Savior offered to humanity. Now, whether or not you and I accept this doesn't change what it says. You can reject the idea of gravity, but if you jump out of a plane without a parachute, the end is predictable. You might feel good and thrilled for a while, but there's coming a sudden stop. I would much rather have a parachute on if I'm jumping from an airplane. 
I think we can all agree. Gravity is going to take over. And that's true with what we have said this morning. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came in the flesh in order that he might be for us our sin bearer. Why? Because we need a sin bearer. He came in order to pay sin's debt. Why? Because we can't pay that debt. He came in order to reconcile us to the Father. Why? Because the enmity between God and man is not answerable apart from him. He came in order to satisfy the sentence of God against us and stop the wrath of God. Why? Because we can't. We can't do that. We cannot cleanse ourselves from sin's defilement. We can't grant to ourselves eternal life. It's a gift that he gives us. You can reject the parachute, but the outcome is foreseeable. You're going to have a hard stop. The scripture invites us, it calls us to accept the parachute, to accept Jesus. He took our sin. He paid our debt. He stopped our hate. He satisfied God's justice. He removed our defilement. He conquered our death. That's the gift that's being offered to us this morning. And that is the greatest gift of Christmas. This significant provision by God in Christ is only acceptable by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. There is nothing we can do to merit all that God has provided. You must simply receive it like the gift that it is. It is impossible to fully lay hold of all that these short words convey. But if you are a sinner in need of a Savior, then you really have only one option. You continue as you are, or you can accept Christ. Christ is a gift that he extends to us freely. There are no strings attached. You simply have to accept it. But by accepting it, you are acknowledging that you can't, but only God can. And Jesus did. Many of us have accepted that fact, that apart from him, we have jumped out of a plane without a parachute. And the end is foreseeable. But in Christ, we've accepted a gift that will bring us home safely. And we will be with him forever. And that is the greatest gift. That's why we celebrate this day. Jesus Christ took on human nature in order that he might answer the sin question. And he has done it for us. And have you accepted Christ and if you have, this is what the day is all is, is really all about. It makes the light brighter. It makes the meal more delicious and the company even better. It is all about Jesus. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, I would invite you to talk with me afterward. I would love to offer you the gift and to have you accept it. And if you know Christ, celebrate with me why we gather together as the people of God and mark this moment in history. Please stand as we close in prayer. Father, there is enormous deep thinking about these matters, but we are fully acknowledging, we confess as your people that Jesus Christ, the second member of the Godhead, 
took on human nature through an exceptional fashion in order that he might be a ransom for the many. Father, we would ask that you would open our blind eyes and let us see the surpassing richness of your gracious gift. Cause us to embrace him this day. If we do not know Christ, may this day be a day of knowing. And as the people who know Christ, we confess openly what this day is all about. May we keep the incarnation of Jesus the centerpiece of this celebration. And Father, like John, we write, we say, yes, come quickly. Come, Lord Jesus. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. We ask this in his name. Amen.